Now race fans, Gary Kramer, Muhammad Ali, and Chuck Conaway for the command. Drivers, start your engines. Another episode of the SP Podcast, ready to go, Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinax. With you as always, three races to go until the playoffs officially begin, and I can't believe it, we got another new winner. We have 15 of the 16 playoff spots filled with Kevin Harvick breaking his nearly two-year-long winless streak going back to victory lane at Michigan over the weekend. Yeah, if you'd have told me before the weekend that we were going to have a new winner, I would have 100% said it would have been... Blaney or Truex and yeah. now those two guys are left to, to battle it out for that final spot if one of them doesn't win or somebody else doesn't win right and it's so funny over these past couple years when Harvick was winning races I know he had the reputation of the closer all those years ago but in these past couple years especially in 2020 where he was winning everything in sight it was go out there and dominate lead all these laps win stages win the race blah 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 he broke his winless streak by maybe having the fifth or seventh fastest car, having a caution kind of fall their way and then benefiting from Joey Logano, basically holding off what might've been the fastest car the entire day of Wallace on the last restart, allowing having Kevin Harvick to get out to a four second lead and no caution coming out to bunch them back up. So you take him however you can get him, And uh, it was just, it was a very unharvick like win. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, like you said, you take them however you can get them, and look, they're they're in the they're in the win column at this point, and um, you know, even if we were to get two more winners, and you know, then we look at points and all that, who gets in, um, you know, he's pretty comfortable there. So it's um, the four team definitely decided to 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 win at the right time. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too is it's not like they've been running atrociously awful; they've been consistent consistently like in the back half of the top 10 not up there leading laps i think he led like 13 laps coming into sunday and like 11 of those were at atlanta or something like that which is you know super speedway racing now um so they certainly weren't having a season that, that made you think they were going to get up there and get a win but with their consistency and i i think now that um chad canals is retired i think rodney childers is the best crew chief in the garage area i mean the things he's been able to do with Kevin Harvick and a number of other drivers that aren't nearly as good as Kevin Harvick, but he got those guys poles, he got wins and he's got good runs out, out of, you know, several drivers over the years. I think Kevin Harvick now being in the playoffs with the win, with a little bit of momentum, <coughs> very, very dangerous. Now I'm not putting him in the final four. And of course, Phoenix is, you know, one easily his best racetrack, but I'm not going to be shocked if they're sitting there in the round of eight with a realistic shot to make that final four. Again, I don't think they're going to get there, but I think they're going to make more noise in the playoffs than many people are expecting them to right now. Well, they, they've slowly made gains throughout the year. And I, I think that's a huge thing that can't be underscored is, you know, some teams just hit this next gen car from, from the get go. Mm -hmm. And it has not been one of those, but they've slowly and methodically kind of, figured some things out, found some speed here and there. And, and again, you know, I don't expect him to be a championship favorite or anything like that, but I think anytime you have a veteran driver that's as talented as Harvick and you pair him with, and I agree with you, the best crew chief in the garage right now in Rodney Childers, 
I think anything can happen. And, and you, you know, that's the thing with the beauty of the playoffs and literally every sport is all you want is a chance. Yeah. Get in and it happen. Well, and I think about it too, the, the Fords have definitely been the third manufacturer this year and they, they've gotten their handful of wins and when they show up and win these races, it's very random. You know, the Daytona 500 is its own thing with uh, Chase Briscoe or not Chase Briscoe, um, Austin Cindric. Yeah, Chase Briscoe went a few weeks later at Phoenix, looked really strong there. You know, you look at Logano's um, wins at Darlington and Gateway, and, and now you have this win with Kevin Harvick where it's like, you know, you never expect them to be a contender going into the weekend, then they show up and win the race. And again, you know, Harvick had to have a few things kind of fall his way there on Sunday, but it's like Ford – Ford has the opportunity to be very, very sneaky and jump up and surprise you. And when you get into the playoffs, of course, winning gets you into the next round. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if Kevin Harvick shows up and wins the Bristol night race or something like that with just ridiculous speed we haven't seen all season. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but as we talked about at the top, 15 different winners now. We have one playoff spot remaining. Uh, as of right now, it goes to Ryan Blaney, who is second in points. He has a 19-point advantage over Martin Shrek Jr., who's fourth in points. And this creates – and, you know, they went to this format back in 2014. And we've always kind of floated around like 12, 13. I think we've gotten to 14 before. But we've never had this opportunity where only one spot is left open with now three races to go. We theoretically could be talking about – 17 winners by the time we get to daytona it could happen um but, but but regardless over these next three weeks you've got ryan blaney and martin shrex jr who are going to have to be racing each other but also racing for the win at the same time because again if anybody else below them wins a race that knocks both of them out and you and i were talking about this before we started recording i would almost kind of rather be in martin shrex jr's shoes because you your whole strategy is going for the win. Like, yeah, you want to you want to know what the 12 team's doing, but you're 19 points behind. You've got to throw Hail Marys every single week. Ryan Blaney, you're going for wins, but you're also looking over your shoulder. Hey, what's the 19 doing? Are they staying out? Are they pitting? What's their strategy here? Like, you still have to be mindful of points in case, in case it comes down to that. And that's a lot to deal with over these next three weeks. I'd much rather be in the position of uh, Trix and James Small. Well, I mean, I mean, just I know we'll we'll talk about this race, but while we're on the topic of looking ahead, like look at the next three races. You've got Richmond this upcoming weekend, then you head to the road course at Watkins Glen, and mm-hmm. then you're going to Day- Watkins Glen and Daytona. Those both are wild cards. You look at the road course; both Truex and and Blaney are good on road courses. Both of them are good on super speedways, and it's one of those: or do you points race? Do you mm-hmm. race for the? Who knows? I, I mean, that's what's so interesting is, you know, w- w- the big focus is going to be on those two guys. But I look at a guy like Bubba Wallace, who has been running better in weeks past. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to go down to Daytona and have a chance to win. Yeah. You know, the, the main focus being Blaney and Truex, second yeah. and fourth points. But there's a whole other crew of guys that can get the job done. Well, and I mean, I don't look past Richmond this weekend as being a wild card either. I mean, Denny Hamlin won there back in the spring with definitely not the best car, but they played that strategy yeah. late in the race, which allowed them to get the lead at, there at the very end, taking the lead away from, um, you know, William Byron and, and somebody else could play similar strategy, could come down to a late race restart like we saw with Alex Bowman last year. So 
I certainly don't rule out uh, Richmond as being one of those wild card type races. And again, like we've kind of seen each and every week, sometimes we just, you have a random, you have one team that just hits it better than everybody else. And, you know, like the, the 20 team in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago, they've been running fine, but they've not had that race winning speed. Boom. You go to New Hampshire, they'll go out there, they have the best car, they win the race. So yep. that could certainly happen this weekend too. Again, we could realistically be going into the final race with 17 winners and already have somebody on the outside looking in. Like that's how crazy all this is becoming. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is we, you know, uh, 16 winners or 15 we're at now 16 to get in the playoff. That's a lot of, that's almost half the field. Yeah. So 15 winners through 23 races is tied for the modern era record of the most unique winners through that many races um, uh, through, through 23 events. And again, this kind of goes back to, this is exactly what the next gen car was supposed to be where, you know, yeah, you have the dominant teams that win the more races like your Hendrix and your Gibbs and stuff like that. But, you know, you can go out there and have uh, a, a Kurt Busch. You can have, you know, a Chase Briscoe go out there and win these, you know, one race or, or two races or whatever. They may not be a dominant team, but they hit that right setup and have a good day and boom, they're locked in the playoffs with the win. Um, now, is this going to continue for years to come? I don't know, but this is definitely kind of one of those seasons, one of those seasons where I'm trying my best to like appreciate it as it's happening because yeah. I was like, Hey, it may not be like this next year or the year after that. Yeah. Well, I think back too. I mean, it's just like, you know, we've had this conversation. Was it last year or, or three? When was it? We had several winners early um, on. Uh, last year started off with a pretty good mix of winners. Yeah. I remember thinking, but we, I mean, we didn't get close to it, but like we're I mean, there, like you said, there is one spot open. Yep. And, and Harvick winning this past weekend at Michigan, you know, took one of the two available spots. Right. And I think to when we get to Daytona in a couple of weeks, let's say, you know, let, let's say Richmond this weekend, it's Ross Chastain and next weekend at Watkins Glen, it's Chase Elliott, you know, two guys that have already won to a state 15 winners going into uh, Daytona. Again, the, the, the mental gymnastics to be on that 12 team, let's say you're still ahead of the 19. Well, you're still having to go for win. You're still having to race for the win because, again, anybody can knock you out at this point in time. But you're also having to think about points because you're racing that 19 in case you don't get a new winner. This I, I'm I'm so excited. Three weeks from now, going to Daytona, this race is going to be probably the craziest thing we've ever seen, and I'm completely here for it. Must see TV, 100. percent Yeah, because you look at and again, assuming these guys don't get a win over the next couple of weeks. Look at the guys that are just on the outside of the playoffs that have either won a Daytona or won Super Speedway races. Bubba Wallace, um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Eric Jones. People forget about this guy. Justin Haley's a really, really good Super Speedway racer. Who's to say he can't go out there and win this race? Brad Keselowski, maybe the best Super Speedway racer in the Cup Series today, who's had a pretty mediocre season, but you know he's looking at Daytona, saying, here's my chance to get in the playoffs with my brand-new team, and – We've seen him be aggressive plenty of time to these super speedway races. Don't think he won't be at Daytona in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. So I feel like just these next three weeks are just, I want to get through them quickly so we can get this, this regular season finale. Cause it's going to be just yeah. insane. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a great day. It was a great weekend for Bubba Wallace uh, sat on the pole. First career cup series pole had a ridiculous speed. Ends up coming home second. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, 
And you hate to see how tough Bubba Wallace was on himself because realistically, this was his best cup series race ever. He started on the pole, led laps early, showed speed throughout the entire race. That last caution didn't fall necessarily in their favor. Again, they got kind of hung up on the restart there, battling with Joey Logano, which I don't blame Logano. Of course, he's trying to hold his position and, you know, at the end of the day, make sure a Ford wins and not a Toyota. So can't be mad at the guy, but like, you know, if when you look at Bubba Wallace, this team is building momentum. They keep finishing in the top five, having these really, really good runs. They're getting closer and closer to getting that victory. I feel like it's counterproductive to get out of the car and say, I failed you guys. I'm a disappointment, all this kind of stuff. Like Bubba Wallace should be hyping his guys up. He should say, you know, we've got this momentum. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're looking good. We're getting better. Um, I just don't want to see him, you know, hit like a nosedive these next couple of weeks because he's down on himself for finishing second to Kevin Harvick in Michigan. Yeah. Well, it, it reminded when he got out of the car, obviously he was pretty emotional and, and upset. And, you know, he said, he, you know, he should have went to the chase night line. I hate it for my guys. That's what it felt like. It felt like just a guy that just really feels like he let everybody down. But, you know, I, I, I go back to just a handful of weeks ago when he had the big blow up at Nashville. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point in time, you thought their season was done or I did. Maybe you didn't. I did. Right. Um, arguing just it wasn't going the way you know and then they've they they've they found their way back up it is in my opinion the best car he's had the most dominant car he's had um especially since being at 2311 yeah. um but it's one of those it, it happens i mean these these races aren't easy to win um and, and you just hate to see I, I hate seeing these guys be so tough on themselves you know um it was if it was easy everybody would do it right and then and, and there's high, there's high expectations for Bubba. Sure, there are, and especially sitting on the pole, we're getting late in the regular season. There's there's a lot of pressure, but I mean, yeah, he could have made a different move here, or there, and, and may have went on to win the race. But dude, you had a great car. Just take move that, like you said, take that momentum into next weekend. Take it in the next three weeks. Right. You know he's going to be at, at um, Watkins Glen. You know he's gonna be great at Daytona. You've got two more opportunities to get that car in the playoffs. Yeah, it may, maybe even this weekend at Richmond. Absolutely. You know when you kind of think about it, going to Daytona, obviously, you know his, and we don't know when Kurt Busch is gonna be coming back. The forty-five is already locked in. Eleven's locked in. The the twenty's locked in, and the eleven's uh, locked in. If you're Toyota, which Joe Gibbs Racing twenty three eleven Racing, and you have Bubba Wallace and Martin Shrek Jr essentially both on the outside looking in where do you go with team orders for this who are you, who is toyota trying to help get into the playoffs or do you just kind of leave it up to everybody and say hey if you're near him help him and whatever happens happens well i i, I think i don't know i mean toyota is very weird about team orders mm-hmm. um i mean i i think i mean just from the whole you know entire career junior versus Bubba, you would, you know, you got a champion versus a guy that's, you know, trying to make his way in the sport. A guy, I mean, like, look, he's fourth in points, you know, so there's some consistency there too. So I think if you had, if they had to choose, like we can only, we can only get one of you guys in there. It's definitely going to be true X, but I don't think Bubba's going to go down without a fight. But at the same time, and, and you're, I, I can understand that from the perspective of I'm Joe Gibbs and I want, my driver, the better driver, the higher driver in points to get in the playoffs. 
But what if you are Denny? What if you are Kyle Busch? What if you are Kurt? What if you are Christopher Bell? I probably have a better chance at outlasting Bubba Wallace in the playoffs than I do Martin Trex Jr., who is fourth in points. So, and again, maybe they're not even thinking about this, but if I was one of those other Toyota guys, I'd much rather have Bubba Wallace in the playoffs than Martin Trex Jr., because that's probably somebody I can outlast a little bit easier. Well, it's, it's funny you say that, because it's like, you know, a guy that me and you are both extremely high on is Eric Jones. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, if I'm Chase Elliott, you know, we're, we're at Daytona. We're still stuck at 15 winners. Are you going to push the 43 to victory lane? Because I am. Yeah, I would. Laney and Truex out of the playoffs. Heck yeah. yeah. So it, I'm sure there are conversations. I don't know if it happened, if it'll happen this weekend or even next weekend, but Daytona for sure. I mean, because at that point in time, you're going to know, you know, do you have to win to get in? Do you, are we trying to point our way in? It, it's just, there's so many storylines and we after that we still got 10 more weeks of playoffs like that it's just so exciting it's like we're so excited talking about the end of the regular season we hadn't gotten the playoffs yet yeah i i think this could be the the best the best playoffs we've seen um certainly the regular season is building up to that uh but again we've still got three more weeks of the regular season to go and plenty of uh uh, hyping up to do for the playoffs before they get here uh turning back to this weekend though I was really, really excited for this Michigan race because I wanted to see what the next-gen car could do at a big, fast, non-restrictor plate, tapered space, or whatever you call want to call it, track. And I was thoroughly entertained. These cars were flying. They were going over 200 miles an hour into turn number one, which is something that I've longed to see for quite a while now. Um, you kind of had the draft, but you were able to kind of do your own thing. Um, the leader outside of Harvick there at the, at the very end of the race wasn't able to get out ridiculously far. Like this was the best Michigan race I can remember in a long, long time. And again, it's just another checked box for the next gen car of another track where the um, product is dramatically improved with this car. Like you, we talked about going into the weekend, the potential uh, of what we thought could happen and, and I, I, it to me, it better than it ex. Yeah, um, and, and Michigan's still kind of played by being a pretty narrow groove racetrack. Um, you know, the, the old Michigan was very multi groove, kind of run top to the bottom, and the repaper of the 2012 season that really kind of narrowed it to that middle groove that we see running through the corners. And of course, NASCAR, you know, sprayed the the compound and, and the higher groove to try and create an extra lane and it, it worked to a degree. I think, I think Christopher Bell really made that outside groove work and got around some cars that way. But um, you know, if this place was like multi-groove like California's or something like that, I think that would make the race even better. But, but again, with the expectations and with the track that they were presented, this put on a really, really good show. Um, and, you know, who knows what could happen on a late restart, um, you know, had Harvick not had his four second lead or whatever. Um but again, just uh, and, and, and hats off to NASCAR, too, for giving Michigan one day because that crowd was great. The infield was slammed. It looked like just, the, the atmosphere just looked really, really electric, which, again, when we talk about the schedule and stuff like that, a lot of these places only need one race for that reason, because you yep. get a better environment for one race as opposed to two, you know, eight, ten weeks apart or whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean the crowd was great. The TV numbers were up um, over last year. That's that's good news too. It's just 
it's that continual like slow progression upward trend and like nascar fandom that's just it's just cool to see it really is you know how i know the the product on the track was really really good because we had about an hour to an hour and a half rain delay and hardly anybody was talking about that after the race was over that's true that's a good point and again you know we we've we beat this horse to death should we be starting a race in the summertime at three o'clock at a track with no lights? No, we absolutely should not. But the networks are going to network. They've, again, they've weighed the risk of starting these races late, you know, giving up in theory, three races a year to rain shorten, you know, to rain delays or whatever. Um, you know, we've already had a couple uh, fall into that. So there's only one more really on the table. Um, but again, I, I think the, the, the great race that we saw on Sunday really kind of, shifted the narrative from that being what everybody was talking about to the race, the 15th winner and, and all the shenanigans that are going to be going on over these next couple of weeks. Most definitely. For as chaotic as the cup series race was on Sunday, Xfinity series race on Saturday was pretty straightforward. Ty Gibbs gets another win. Um, no shocker there. I think you got to kind of almost compare Noah Gregson to, to Bubba Wallace to where probably had the best car, won the first two stages and just comes up a little bit short um playing the strategy there um but uh again the the xfinity series been towards their playoffs as well and uh you know i'm not going to be surprised if this comes down to the 54 and the nine at the end of the season it, w- it wouldn't surprise me and I, I think you can mix in the seven too just mm-hmm. the and, and driving for jrm but yeah i mean it was just ty gibbs wins again you know i mean if if Joe Gibbs doesn't f- find out something with Kyle Busch, if they aren't able to to continue their partnership, then I hundred percent think you just throw a tie in the car next year, and I think he'd be fine. He's just he's so talented. I mean, it it would be nice if I say this. It, it was he's had his issues, yeah, opening up his mouth too much. But you know, the thing is, is he's the most talented, you know, quote unquote prospect in NASCAR right now. And I don't think it's close with anybody else. Well, he wins the race on Saturday and backs it up with the top 10 on Sunday. Probably got out of top five had it not been for, uh, I think, was it a speeding issue on pit road that he had that ended up setting him back? Um, yeah. But he ran consistently around the top 10 the entire day. Like, he's he's taken to this next-gen car pretty quickly and done a really good job. So, yeah, if Kyle Busch ends up walking away from Joe Gibbs Racing and you plop Ty Gibbs into the 18 car next year, He's going to be a contention to win races. I think he's going to be just fine. I agree. So um, with that, we can kind of shift into the ongoing saga that is Kyle Busch and the future. Um, he seemed to be in a lot better spirits this weekend, given, you know, everything that's going on. Him getting crashed out early in the race, so a really fast car. I was kind of expecting the usual, you know, one-word answers from him in the uh, um, uh, infield care center after the wreck, but you know, he had a smile on his face. He seemed to be in pretty good spirits. And uh, I don't know, maybe we're getting closer and closer to some kind of announcement. And and according to everybody in the industry, it seems more and more likely that it's not going to be Joe Gibbs racing in the 18 car. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I was thinking, too, because I expected him to get out the car, just cussing like a sailor and, you mm-hmm. know, just mad. Typical KFB. Um, but I wonder if, like somebody's told him like dude you've got to be more likable you've got to not be you know a stick in the mud get out here do your interview sponsors are going to like that rather than just yep 
I'm here so I don't get fined, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. who knows? But and 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 you can understand it from Kyle Bush's perspective a little bit, not not really thinking about that, because he's been with Mars and MMs for 14 years. They have stood by him through some pretty big controversies. Remember when he got suspended for flipping off the official and Mars nearly pulled out and didn't want to sponsor him anymore? They stuck around through that. So, like, he's always had this sponsor having his back. He's not used to having to go out there and sell himself and be more presentable. But when you talk about, you know, with the asking price that you're asking these sponsors to invest into a guy like Kyle Busch, 20, 25 million, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, you want that guy that's going to be marketable. You want that guy that you can put in your commercials, that you can bring to corporate events, that you can introduce to fans and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Kyle Bush doesn't exactly fit that mold. So maybe that is what he's kind of doing, um, trying to readjust that image of himself a little bit, uh, hopefully, to uh, maybe attract some sponsors. Yeah. And I think, you know, at times you just got to figure out that, you know, what you're doing ain't working. You got to try something new. Well, uh, there was an announcement today by Stuart Haas Racing. I thought, oh, man, are we about to get Kyle Busch to the 41 car? It was an NFT. Thanks a lot, Tony. Uh, all that hype for nothing I'm concerned about. But there are rumors gaining, gaining steam that uh, potentially Cole Custer could get shifted to Rick Ware Racing, which would be a de facto fifth Stuart Haas car like they've done for, you know, like when Ryan Priest runs the car, Joey Hand, those kind of guys. Um, so he'd still technically be driving for Stuart Haas Racing, just not in-house or whatever. Um, and that would seemingly clear the way for Kyle Busch to go to the 41 car. We know Gene Haas has the means to pay a driver without having a sponsor. Um, is is that a better option than the 18 car? I don't think so. But if Kyle Busch is trying to get what he's worth out of it, that might, again, be the only place he could land. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not ideal, but it's an option. College Racing, another one that's gaining a lot of steam. You know, you have that 16 car that is fully chartered. They've been running with multiple drivers this season with Almendinger, um, Hemrick, and Gregson. You got to imagine Matt Colleg would like to have another full-time guy in there, somebody that could teach Justin Haley, bring that team along, kind of like how uh, Kurt Busch has gone to 23-11, made that team better. Imagine how much Kyle Busch could improve Colleg Racing. You know, there's a lot of options there. Um, and, and how much would Chevy love to have Kyle Busch back in the fold? Another uh, you know, again, the, the most successful driver in the Cup Series right now. Yeah, I, I mean, look, we, we've we talked about it before multiple times on this podcast, how Colleague has just built their program up the right way. Infinity, mm-hmm. they, they're starting it now in Cup. And, and to add somebody like Kyle Busch to your lineup that, you know, maybe for the next five to ten years can drive your car, that's a, that's a slam dunk if you can do it. Absolutely. Again, uh, the the ongoing saga of Kyle Busch enters yet another week. Maybe we'll have an announcement this time next week. Maybe we won't. Um, but uh, I, I'm getting more and more intrigued as the day goes, as the days go by. Yeah, for real. All right, it's off to Richmond this weekend. Uh, no Xfinity Series. We have the Truck Series in the second race for their playoffs, and we have the Cup Series, of course, inching closer and closer to the cutoff race. We'll first go to the uh, Truck Series on Saturday. Brandon Finger has already won his one race at IRP, locked himself in the next round. Who is winning this Saturday in the Truck Series? I'm going to go with Zane Smith. Um, you know, it's just he, – he's championship favorite, co-favorite, whatever you're going to name him. I mean, he runs um, everywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just one of those – it's like, 
why not? I need to make up. I'm down 15 to four. I got to start getting these picks right. Uh, I'm going to go with Ty Majeski. I I really thought we were about to see him win his first race at IRP the other weekend. Late race caution ended up, uh, you know, keeping that from coming to fruition. But he's a great short track racer, won tons of short track events all over the country. So I think this definitely plays into his wheelhouse. I think Grand Infig is going to be really, really tough to beat. He, of course, won there uh, just a couple years ago in 2020. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Ty Majeski finally breaking through and getting that first win. All right. Now the Cup Series on Sunday. Do we have our 16th different winner, or is it a usual suspect getting back to victory lane? We're, I'm all for chaos. We're getting 16 this weekend. All right. Um, obviously, in the spring race, we saw some strategy play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe somebody in, in Austin, Dillon, Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, somebody that may not have the speed to win. Pull something. I'm not going to go with them, though. We'll go with Martin Truex Jr. Okay. And, well, it's, again, not some crazy pick, I don't think. But um, that team always just – when they need to perform, I always feel like they do. They, and it's just – I don't know if it's Martin. I don't know if it's just the team as a whole or what. But uh, I think they're going to get the job done this weekend. I'm going to take a little more status quo. And I talked about this earlier when we were talking about Danny Hamlin winning. William Byron probably had the best car in the spring there. Um, and you know, William Byron and Rudy Fugel were kind of firing, firing on all cylinders at the beginning part of the season, of course, got their two wins early on in the season. They've kind of, uh, you know, fallen back into the pack a little bit over the summer, but as we start going back to these racetracks twice, again, racetracks that they were very good at in the spring, I think that's going to play well into their hands and, and look, William Byron, if he gets another win, he's going to be right up there at the top of this playoff ranking, um, once the playoff starts. So. I think this could be a very, very big weekend for the 2014. Yeah, definitely need to get some momentum going into the playoffs for sure. Absolutely. All right, we are off into another weekend of the unknown and potentially our 16th different winner. I, I hope it happens. I really do, just for the, for the chaos of it all. And again, whatever we're going to end up seeing at Daytona in a couple of weeks. I want 17 for just complete chaos because somebody that wants to get left out. And then from now on, the narrative of, well, just winning your end is over. Give me 17 winners going into Daytona. Give me Corey LaJoy winning at Daytona, but he's outside the top 30 and doesn't get into the playoffs. Oh, that'd be brutal. And then just from the – because I love chaos. Just from the fact that the explanation they would have to give, saying, yeah, we know it's winning your end, but this guy won, but he's not in because he's not in the top 30 and he's not above anybody else. So he won, but he's, he's not in. But congratulations, Corey. Yeah, take this trophy and go home. I, I, I would love it. It would be brutal. So um, maybe that will come to fruition. We'll see. Uh, but either way, we'll be back next weekend to break down all things Richmond and uh, look ahead to the last regular season road course race at uh, Watkins Glen. Yep. For Dalton Malax, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.